Good evening, everyone. Welcome to my uh, podcast, Heavenly Places. I am your host, Jameer. Um, I was out last week, but I'm back at it again this week. Um, uh, I thank everyone for their prayers. I'm very, I'm very, very excited about the teaching this evening. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual warfare. Um, and I believe we covered this, but I want to cover it again. But I want to talk about it from a different angle. Um, but actually, before we get, begin, let's open up uh, open up in prayer. Um, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your salvation, your goodness, and grace and mercy. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Um, we thank you for your many blessings, Father, that, that are showered down upon us from your throne, from heaven. We thank you for your very presence, the Holy Spirit. And as we uh, go through the lesson this evening, go through the scriptures, um, give me understanding, give the listener, listeners understanding, Father, um, as we uh, desire to grow closer to you, to understand you more, and to uh, defeat the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay. Also... I think I forgot to mention in the last podcast. Also, if you're still interested in the book, The Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom, um, if you uh, go to visit my webpage, www.jameer.org, J-A-M-E-R-E.org, you can go there and send me an email, and I will mail you the book for free. You don't have to pay for shipping or anything. Or also, if you prefer electronic copy, you can go to uh, Amazon.com and you can order the ebook off of there. I don't have a way to send that one out for free, but if you want to purchase it from there, and I believe it's like one ninety nine or two ninety nine from there, uh, the book Manifest Destiny: Path Towards Wisdom. But we're not using that book this evening. We're actually using the, the most powerful uh, books of them all. The number one selling book in the world actually is uh, also it's also the number one stolen book too. It's the Bible. Mm-hmm. So number one uh, sold and number one stolen book. Uh, even even thieves need to be saved. You know, all of us need to to come to the knowledge of our heavenly Father. Um, but anyway, tonight we're talking about spiritual warfare, and let's see how far we can get through tonight because I have a lot of scriptures I want to go through. Um, and first, we we all understand what the concept of war is. I mean, if we had any history classes, you know about uh, the, the like the Great War, World War One, uh, World War Two, the Gulf War, the Cold War. Even if you watch the news at night without even looking in your history book, you hear you hear about wars that's going on in the uh, Middle East, or as the Bible say, rumors of wars, like of a, a, a wars that uh, possibly could happen. You know. So wars is something very familiar to us. Um, even if you watch it, you, we see it in entertainment. It's all, um, there's plenty of movies about wars, the movies about the Civil War, um, even movies about uh, superheroes. Star Wars, Star Wars is about wars. All, all, all these movies and media, um, wars. So there's really no escaping it, you know. So, but those wars right there really 
are even though they have some of the words have a spiritual element to them, actually a big spiritual element, which we'll, we will get to. But it, I guess as a general sense, all these words that we're talking about, you know, have, I have a reference to are just natural. You know, things that happen that seem like they're natural, you know, World War One and Gulf War, right? That's just, seems like that's part of everyday living in life, you know. But in a way, they both intertwine, you know. Because <clears throat> uh, the natural world, we know that is is very visible and we can see, you know, it's visible to us. But the spiritual world is invisible. You know, we can't see it. It's well, at least to the uh, undiscerning eyes. Sometimes the uh, spiritual we can see, and it uh, there's examples of that in scripture. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, actually, let me. I actually, I was about to move ahead of myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, when we begin to look at like the like the uh, the media, the secular media, um. And not so much focusing on the news part, but uh, <clears throat> when you ever talk about spiritual things, um, particularly in movies, <clears throat> um, they're, they're, they they talk about spiritual beings or entities. Um, they talk about like things like ghosts, spirits. They even talk about demons, uh, aliens, zombies, vampires, all these different types of uh I guess unmortal or unnatural type of uh, being spirits or whatever whatever they are multidimensional whatever kind of label or or classification you want to give them, but sometimes you see in these movies where they have a uh, for example ghost ghosts they have like a different spectrum or a variety of ghosts so they say in a movie sometimes you have a a, a good ghost. And then there are evil ghosts, you know, like an evil ghost haunting the house or a good ghost trying to help you, lead you, and guide you and direct you. <clears throat> and the same thing, like they have the talk when they talk about magic or and things like that, like well, um, how there's some good magic and then there are some evil, mag- evil ma- magic or, or wicked magic. Or, I can't really remember the terms of it, but it they're talking about these different spirits, um, that there can be some good spirits or, or bad spirits, you know. <clears throat> but in a, in a way, you know, they're correct. But in a way, they're also false in a, in a very key and, and the most important way is where they're in error is that there is only actually two sides. It's only good and evil, you know. It's only good and evil. So, um, and a lot of these things with ghosts, spirits, spirits, aliens, and all these kind of things that people refer to actually, um, at least to my understanding, there, uh, anything that is evil is an evil spirit is not really an alien, though they may call that or, or a, uh, a ghost. It's an evil fallen spirit, fallen angel from the, the kingdom of darkness. You know, um, it's evil, and there there are, there are good spirits too. And the good spirits, of course, we're referring referring to the holy angels, um, messengers of our Father from heaven. You know, so there is only two: is good, and there is evil. 
And actually, a better way to say it, according to a scripture, or a more way to refine it or define it, is that there's only that which is holy and that which is uh, unholy. So you have things that are holy and things that are unholy. And the, 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 the determining factor to whether something is holy or unholy is if that thing, that person, that being, or whatever, their relationship to our Father in heaven, you know, their relationship to him determines if that, that item, that person, being, or whatever it may be, is holy or unholy. Um, an example of this uh, in Scripture is uh, of holy. It actually includes a, a place or a ground. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, have you ever seen the movie uh, The Ten Commandments or The, the Prince of Egypt, the, the little Disney movie? Or more importantly, if you uh, read the scripture in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, you, you know about, it says, uh, actually I read the scripture to you, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. So this is uh, our Father in heaven, God, you know, talking to Moses. And he basically telling him to take off his sandals because this ground that he is at is holy. And I believe that the ground was holy is because uh, his relationship to the Father and that, and just by just by our Father's presence being there on that mountain or on that ground, that place, it made it holy. So <clears throat> that's telling you the relationship of the ground to the Father. So that is making it holy. Um, bread, food, food, you know, we bless our food. You know, food can be holy. Uh, and uh, First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 12, verse 4 it says, but the priest answered David, because David, he was looking for some food and bread, and he said, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread, or um, some versions say holy bread here, and provide the men, <clears throat> provided the men have kept themselves from women. So this right here is the, the created bread, or holy bread that the priests were using, for for um, ministry to the Father. So again, we see bread being holy, and that's again its relationship to the Father. So meaning that they have the bread has some type of good connection with the Father. So that's what makes something holy. Um, Numbers five seventeen. Numbers five seventeen. That's another thing talking about something being holy. It says then. <clears throat> Then he shall take some holy water and a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. So that's Numbers 517, and we see that it says holy water. Um, a lot of us on the uh, Protestant denomination, we really don't practice the holy water, but a lot of uh, Catholics and Catholicism, 
you know, they use that uh, holy water a lot, you know. Um, but here we again see that a water and its relationship to the water and its relationship to the Father, and we see them labeling this water as holy. And those, those are just a few examples in Scripture. Now, getting actually to the word holy, we know that holy means to be set apart by our Father in heaven, you know, by God, to be set apart. So, and and all these are the, the examples that I gave you with the ground, the bread, and the water, you know, these items, they were holy because of their purpose and their relationship with the Father, which is ultimately, ultimately they were there in a sense to, to, to put God on display, to, to glorify him. Um, Hebrews 10.10, getting away from objects, you know, this is talking about us. It says, Hebrews 10.10, that we have been set apart as holy because Jesus Christ did what God wanted him to do by sacrificing his body once and for all. So we as people who, um, and not all people, uh, are holy, but those who choose to accept this great sacrifice that our, our Lord Jesus, Yeshua, um, by this great sacrifice he did when he died on the cross, um, those who accept, believe that believe in him as their Lord and Savior, they, when they choose it, um, they set themselves apart from everyone else who doesn't choose it, or doesn't choose him, and they become holy. So people are holy. So not just bread, not just the ground, not just water, but us people are holy, you know. And even angels, they call the angels. You have unholy angels, you have holy angels. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 22, it says, The men replied, We have come from Cornelius, the centurion, and he is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. So here again, we have the case of a holy angel. All right. So those are things that are holy. And now, on the opposite side, we have things that are unholy. Um, and basically, anything that's not holy is unholy. Is unholy. Um, there is, again, no middle ground. So it's like evil and good. Holy and unholy, nothing in between. Um, there are unholy people, which which are evil people, and unholy people are is a vast spectrum of people. There are people who are top notch citizens. I mean, who are um, unholy people in the eyes of our Father, according to Scripture. I mean, these are people who uh who um actually you might have uh believers in Christ or Christians who 
who are still growing in the Lord and they're, they're still growing in their walk with Christ and trying to perfect their life, or hopefully they are, but they, they have accepted the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they still have many issues in their life. And if you look at them from the worldly point of view, like you won't want to live next to them because of some of the things that they, that they are still practicing in their life. But you might have an unholy person who you might prefer to live next to because they're like some upstanding community citizen, you know, but then you have also, you have unholy people who are just probably like the, the uh, basically the scum of the earth, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a broad, broad spectrum of it. So you, you might look on the outside and, and think one thing, but it's actually something else, you know? <clears throat> so, but, but basically anyone, who does not know Christ and not, does not accept them as, as their Lord and Savior is unholy. And then you have uh, unholy angels um, uh, referred to as uh, fallen angels. <clears throat> These are the angels who uh, followed the uh, Lucifer, Satan, you know, and uh, betrayed betrayed our Lord and chose not to follow him. These are the, the one-third, the one-third, who have uh, fallen from heaven, um, who are no longer walking in, in uh, the promises that the Father had for them, but they chose disobedience, you know. So we have the holy and the unholy, which is basically two kingdoms, kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light, um, good and evil, our heavenly Father, God in heaven, and uh Jesus, and then we have um, the enemy and all his kingdom, Lucifer, you know, holy versus unholy. And this is uh, the spiritual world, you know, or or the spiritual warfare. And this is what's going on. And, you know, sometimes uh, this conflict that we face or that we're going through, we're, we're battling these unholy things, maybe a neighbor, maybe a spirit or or whatever it may be, but the war is raging naturally. It's like a natural thing, something like a, a boss or a coworker that we're we're fighting against, um, or somebody you're in relationship with. Maybe it's a brother, sister, wife, husband, father, cousin, whoever it may be. You're you're engaged in the battle. And you're thinking it, it's over one issue, but actually it's it's uh, or you think it's like this is a natural issue, <clears throat> but at at the root of all conflicts, at the root of all conflicts, I want to say either directly or indirectly. Um, then what I mean indirectly uh, and directly is uh, uh, the enemy of it all. Satan and the kingdom of darkness is at the root of it all. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by indirectly. Actually, I want to give you an example from Scripture because sometimes we're in this spiritual warfare and it's like an indirect, indirectly kind of thing. Um, Matthew chapter 16, verses uh, 21 through 24. And we see this is like a relationship, you know. Um, Let me go ahead and read the Scriptures. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things 
at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you, you know. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns, you know. Um, so the, the, this scripture was saying a lot, but here in this, this passage, we see a conflict, and it's the root of all conflicts, you know. Jesus said to Peter, <clears throat> that he only was seeing it basically from a humanistic perspective and on human concerns, you know. And uh, what's kind of interesting to me is that uh, Peter, he was concerned in his relationship and he was concerned about the hum- humanity of Christ. He didn't want him to die. But uh, Jesus also... He was concerned about humanity overall, you know. That was actually this is the very purpose for him coming to Earth in the form of a man. And so on the on the outside, it looked like okay, Jesus he doesn't want people to die, so that's why he came here, you know. But uh, Jesus then wants people to die. He's talking about the eternal death, and but Peter doesn't want Jesus. I'm pretty sure Peter doesn't want many people to die, but he does. He definitely doesn't want Jesus to die. And that's because he's mostly referring to the, uh, the physical aspect of it, you know, but there's uh and these differences, you know, it's all about perspective because Peter didn't want his friend and his mentor to die. That's, that's what was going on. <clears throat> um, but so Jesus was fine with saying, uh, get thee hence, Satan, you know. And what was uh, kind of interesting to me is that Jesus would say Satan to um, Peter and say, get thee hence, Satan, because we know Satan, what does Satan wanted to do to Jesus? What did he want to do? Satan Basically, Satan wanted Jesus to be murdered, okay? Satan wanted Jesus to be murdered. Um, that that was his own pur- whole purpose. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, none of the rulers of this age, this is Paul writing, none of the rulers of this age understood, and again, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. Sorry, I'm not trying to rush through it. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord. So they, basically this is saying that they understood what was going to happen after the fact. They wouldn't be so focused on trying to kill Jesus. So Satan, he basically he wanted to bury Jesus six feet deep, as we, they bury people here today in America. He wanted it to be done with. Um, so that got me to questioning why was Peter rebuked and Jesus saying, get behind, get behind me, Satan, because uh, it seemed like Satan 
wanted Jesus to be healed. Jesus also knew that, I guess, I don't think he really wanted to be killed, but for the purpose, for it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured it because he knew what was going to happen at the end. This is when we have to look at uh, the motives for each individual and each person in this situation or or the end results or the end game because Peter, if Jesus had did what Peter had wanted him to do, actually Peter was aligning with the plan of Satan without knowing it. That's why Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter was aligning, if Jesus Jesus would have did what Peter wanted, there would have been no redemption before man, you know. So that's why he said that to Peter. And Peter was operating, it was like a a spiritual battle. And Peter was um, operating or, or saying things. I believe he had a good heart in saying it, but sometimes having a good heart is not um, having a having a holy or a godly heart or motivation. It, those those two sometimes they can line up, but then also they there comes a way where they comes a time when they're they're two separate world roles. Like somebody can have a good heart, but they're doing the wrong wrong thing spiritually. You know. So we see Satan. He wanted to kill Jesus, and he wanted. He basically, he wanted to, the reason why he wanted to kill Jesus because he wanted to stop the Father's plan and thinking about just looking at on a mindset of Satan and what he was thinking about. You have to go back to Genesis three fifteen because I'm pretty sure Satan is thinking about uh, where actually the prophecy it says uh, that the seed of the woman, which is talking about Jesus, will crush his head and. Satan, he didn't want that to happen. That's uh, Genesis three fifteen, when uh, after they um, had uh, eaten the fruit, and the judgment was pronounced that this woman's seed is going to crush the seed of the, I mean, the head of the serpent. So Satan is thinking, okay, before I get killed, I've got to kill Jesus. So that's what it. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> Satan is thinking in his mind the kingdom of darkness. However, uh, according to First Corinthians two eighteen, if he would have understood it, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have killed, murdered, or crucified him on the cross. You know, because he didn't know that. Guess what? It was going to lead to our the redemption of man, and not only um, Jesus crushing the. Uh, or the head of the serpent or the enemy, but also Romans 6.20 says that the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And this is uh, Paul again, he's writing, and he's writing to the Romans that the God of peace, he's not only crushed uh, Satan under his feet, Jesus, but he's also using us as holy people. Guess what? We're also, when we submit to the Father, and the will will of Jesus, we're also crushing Satan under our feet, and uh, that's one thing that Satan he did not did not expect it. And if he knew that, then he wouldn't have did it. <laughs> but the Father, knowing all things and knowing all the decisions, you know, put uh, Satan in it, in that trap, you know, and. So that that right there was kind of sad. So, but uh, it, 
basically so if Jesus would have did what Peter wanted, even though his heart was in the right place, <clears throat> we gotta remember that uh a good heart and good intentions can be different from the purposes and destiny of our father and being set apart and being holy, you know. Um, and that right there is uh, a way that we are in a spiritual warfare, but this is like a, an indirect fight or indirect battle because sometimes we too, like Peter, are are facing different situations and circumstances, whether it is again again with our neighbor or a coworker, where we're fighting sometimes we're trying to do things out of the, the goodness of our heart but it's it's not a with the purpose or destiny that the father has so then we get into that conflict of the uh spiritual war not doing things accordingly and trying to trying to in a way avoid things that that should happen or must happen and the war is going on along along a lot of time but we don't realize it and that's why i say it's uh an indirect battle. And we have all these indirect battles all the time. You know, sometimes, uh, for example, I have a friend and they have a situation going on at their job. And I believe that their supervisor is actually a, a, a Christian person and he, uh, but he doesn't have very good managerial skills from what my friend, he tells me. So, and my friend is also a Christian. So, um, the supervisor is kind of micromanaging and doing things like that, but it's a natural thing, but also it's a spiritual thing, and it's an indirect spiritual battle because our friends are they're um, losing sleep and losing all kind of things, and that's just one example. But so you might have a situation similar to that, or it might be a situation with you and your brother or family member where you have different challenges and I can give you many, many more different examples of this the spiritual battle being a, uh, indirect, you know, indirectly. And when it's indirectly, we really don't realize it. So we're not able to, uh, confront it or address it, you know, as being a spiritual warfare. And so sometimes we end up going in circles, running around in circles, fighting the same thing, but we don't realize if we get to the issue, we can, be done with that, you know. Um, so that's the way that uh, it is, uh, again, indirectly fighting. Uh, and it's, again, holiness versus unholy. And also, uh, besides indirectly, there is, uh, and I believe indirectly is also direct too, but it's um, difficult to tell but then there's a direct spiritual warfare and there's many books written on this one uh, and basically direct spiritual warfare when when you know wow you can see the root issue of it and that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about people might have different definitions but that's what I'm referring to when you actually know that this situation is not this is very unholy is uh demonic and you're you you're in a battle act you actually rebuking the enemy like Jesus was rebuking it, you know. And I know I'm well aware that there are some people who get carried away with it. I mean, they get to rebuking everything, uh rebuking every doorknob, rebuking every computer, rebuking every person. Um and I'm not I'm not denying or saying that there's not 
spiritual situations or some cases where you have to rebuke a computer or you have to, to come against a doorknob. I'm not saying that because there there are situations and circumstances where you where you uh, had to do that. But at, at the same time, in that same breath, breath, you know, you have to have a balance, you know, and know what's going on. That's where wisdom comes in. That's where discernment comes in, which is talk about in Corinthians and knowing where you stand at, you know, because uh, there are some things and battles that we're facing that, you know, what we don't necessarily have to face because it's not a real battle. But then again, at the same time, there are some battles that basically they're unavoidable, you know. Um, Actually, I I want to also share with you an experience of uh, this is like a direct, 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 super direct. uh, One of the examples I thought of uh, of spiritual warfare. Um, And I'm not sure if any of you guys listening are familiar with uh, deliverance ministries. And I have heard of it before, and I have, I've heard things before, and this was many, many years ago. Um, but I've, I've been a part of it, and I believe I'm, I'm part of it also now this day, this, up to this present day. But um, one of my – well, one day I walked in, wanted to visit this church, and um, there wasn't very, very many people there. Um, I came in, and – said hi to the minister and then the different, I mean, it was maybe about 20 people there. And this uh, one young lady, she walked in, I remember seeing her. She was like, like about two, two rows behind me. And she was the only one sitting in that row. So when she came in, I was, I heard the door open, heard her sat down. So I turned around and looked and said hi. And she uh, said, praise the Lord, God bless you. And all this kind of stuff to me. So like, I wasn't thinking anything. Anyway, the service went on. And then as a minister was ministering, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Apostle James Vivian, and he uh, began to minister and preach, and he called up the young lady up there and said, uh, the Lord, I can't remember the exact words, but he said, the Lord wants me to minister to you, talk to you, whatever. And she was like, yes, thank you for um, calling me because I believe the Lord called me and led me here to the service today. So anyway, he got up there, he called he called up there and he start, started started uh, praying for you know, and then you know I wasn't really used to any of this type things. But if you ever seen uh, the movie The, the Exorcist, um, anyway, this gentleman he pulled out a cross, he pulled out some oil, anointing oil, and actually he had like in a spray bottle, and then some of the other people that were there who worked with them, they put Bibles on a person. Like they actually physically put their Bible on a person's back, and uh, they begin to pray for this young lady, and and then he began to say, "I rebuke you and say that you need to come out of this 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 girl and uh, this young lady." And then the the girl, <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there back in my row, you know, the girl she uh, she said no. I'm not coming out. And when I talked to her earlier, when she first came in, she had a voice of a lady, <laughs> you know, but then when they was up there praying for her, her voice had totally changed. And it was like a deep baritone voice of a voice of a man. It was like, is that voice coming out of this uh, young lady? So I'm in here and I, just, 
I mean, I heard about it before, but just just seeing it in person, you know, this is was a case of uh, direct spiritual warfare. And I have this uh, minister again. He's using things that have been set apart for the Father, and there's nothing within those objects that he was using, the cross, the uh, the oil, and the Bibles. The only thing that makes them holy, it's not like they're magical spiritual objects. The only thing that makes them holy is their relationship to the Father by them being set apart. So just as we, as people are set apart, uh, which makes us holy, or just as the ground and uh, Exodus 3, 5 that, that we talked about earlier, where uh, Moses was at with holy ground, um, or just as even if you think about the nation of Israel, why there's so much conflict there, but that land right there, they call it the holy land because the Father has set apart that land for him. You know, so these objects, getting back to now, these objects that the man, this man is using, there's nothing special about them. It's just that their relationship to the Father. And anyway, these things that he was using um, was really, I could tell, was frustrating and, and causing the evil spirit harm. Anyway, they was able to cast cast out this spirit. There was, uh, I believe, this woman to be a, a Christian woman. And even after talking to her, I was able to talk to her sometime after that because I visited that church several times, and she was a strong believer even before that. Um, sometimes I believe in, in the spiritual warfare, but it, we, there's a line that needs to be drawn because there are some people who don't know our Father and they don't have a relationship with the Father. And I believe those people are possessed and, and oppressed by these evil spirits, these demons. But then I also believe that there are Christians, you know, believers who are not possessed, but I believe that they are oppressed by evil spirits of, of, or, or dark spirits or demons. You know, I believe that they are oppressed by them. Um, I believe it could be like through manifested through health issues. Um, manifested through relationship issues, manifested in your finances. Uh, I believe, from my understanding, I believe evil spirits, they can stop people from getting jobs, all all kind of things. They can cause chaos and havoc havoc to devise believers, you know. Um, And uh, that's just because uh, I believe they are able to, to oppress people. And I believe like whenever you have those issues going on, it's not saying that like you're, you're a bad person. Like if you have spirits going, cause this young lady that I met, I mean, she was really dedicated to the Lord. I mean, she had been going to church for many, many years, praying and all these kind of things, but she just had issues going on in her life. And that's what, how she ended up in that service that day. And, I believe if, if someone is a, particularly a Christian is oppressed by evil spirits or demons, um, that is basically like uh, I compare it to naturally to like catching a cold. So basically, everyone catches a cold. Just about. I mean, there there are a few few people who probably say they don't catch cold, and they're they're extremely extremely healthy people. Um, but I believe just like when your immune system is down you're more likely to catch a cold, you know, when your immune system is getting beat up and that's how people catch cold. Well, I believe the same is true in the spiritual. 
You know, that's that's what I believe. When your spiritual immune system is down, you're you're more likely to be oppressed by these spirits. You know, um, and it's I believe like the ways that you increase your spiritual immune system uh, is is actually Ephesians six when it's talking about putting on a whole armor of God, the, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. You know. The shield of faith; those are those are like your spiritual immune system, but uh, I also believe it reflects uh, your your holiness. How close you are walking to the Father, uh, but even if if you're walking really really close to the Father, occasionally sometimes you know what? Just like Job, when he had the enemy was looking for him and trying to attack him, and he was able to attack almost everything, even his health. You know. Um, was was attacked <laughs> you know that's just part of life as the scripture says it it rains on the just as well as the unjust you know um so these evil spirits they they are oppressing possessing doing whatever they can to destroy and part of the spiritual war and no matter what's going on we need to work on building our spiritual immune system and we can do that by focusing on Ephesians chapter six, of course, um, praying, fasting, and worshiping. Um, getting back to these uh, the demons and all under wicked spirits, but uh, uh, Matthew chapter twelve, verse forty-three. Uh, I want to read that to you. Matthew twelve, verse forty-three says, "When an impure, and some versions say unholy spirit, comes out of a person, it goes through arid places or dry places, seeking rest." And does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept and clean, and put in order. And it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. Then they go and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. And this is how it will be in this wicked generation. So that's what uh, Jesus is talking about. Basically, he's talking about these spirits. They're just going around. Like, they're trying to find somebody to oppress. And sometimes, like, they they leave a person and they come back and they bring several persons. But that's why it's important for us to build up our spiritual immune system, you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the main ways I've... I believe that uh, evil spirits come in through us through the media. Um, I know it's other ways too, but one of one of the ways that I, I, I have observed is through the media. And again, it, it depends on your spiritual level, your spiritual immunity, because two individuals they can be exposed to the same television show, the same movie, or, or the same music, and something might happen to that person, and the other person is not uh, not even affected at all. So this is not the case for all people. But uh, if you believe you you might be one of those persons that's susceptible to things like that, you may want to watch what you watch. <laughs> you know, uh, because we're again dealing with our our spiritual immune system. Is uh, the word says that we should guard our heart. You know, because we're, we're watching through our through our eyes. You know, it's, it's going and kind of is like going in, into our hearts, you know. Um, and it, it could be media, it could be um, cartoons. 
It could be movies. It could be music. It could be sports, you know, whatever your eyes or ears are receiving, you know, and for each one of us, it's going to be different. For me, I might not be able to, just an example, this is not the case, but I might not be able to watch Mickey Mouse, <laughs> you know, just just for an example. I mean, I do watch Mickey I don't watch it, Mickey Mouse, not for spiritual purposes. Or, but for me, just an example, I might not be able to watch Mickey Mouse, but for you, you might be okay with watching Mickey Mouse or, or whatever or whatever comes on or whatever, and it might not affect you, but Mickey Mouse might have detrimental effects upon me. Depends on your your level of a spiritual maturity, spiritual immunity, uh, your focus on a father. So it depends, and it depends on your your background, like the type of culture and things you have been brought up in. Like, have you been raised up in a, a uh, an environment of, of uh, witchcraft and a, a false religion, or any of those things like that? You know, um, but. Basically, what I'm saying, if you can just watch what you watch, be be observant, and even I say that not to you, but just to myself. Uh, Ephesians two twelve, it says a uh, very familiar passage, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I, I'm sorry, not Ephesians two twelve. Ephesians chapter two, that's verse one and two. <clears throat> sorry, verses one and two. Ephesians chapter two, verse one and two. It says, "And which you walked it, and which and which." in which you once walked, following the course of this world and following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now known as work and the sons of disobedience. Now, what's interesting is that I believe I may have talked about this before, but that word air and air in the Greek is actually, you know, basically it's referring to the atmospheric reason, the atmosphere. And we know what travels in the air, right? The media, <clears throat> radio signals, satellite, internet, et cetera. Even this message, you know. So even though the enemy, it says, the scripture says that he is the power of the air, there are many good things going over the air. Uh, Dorothy Carruthers' ministry has many things going all over the air through many different networks, um, through Vimo, YouTube, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio. Um, and there's a few other ones where she's broadcasting messages um, of power over the Internet, you know. Um, but then in that same breath, it's a whole lot of uh, things that are, that are funny, that are entertaining, um, action-packed, suspenseful, or whatever, and and you're receiving this message and that's why the advertisers and all these people is paying all this money. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to send a message to you or they're sending thoughts to you. And we know we talk behind every message or behind every thought. It, it implies that there's something intelligent sending something to you for you to receive something intelligent. And on a natural, it seems like, okay, it's just something funny or humorous they're trying to send to me. But they're sending these uh, messages, um, many of them unbiblical, unrighteous, unholy messages uh, through these producers on, on these uh, television shows. Um, but they're, they're uh, very unholy. And they don't know these producers, or maybe some of them do know, which I believe they do, and then there's some of them that don't know, they're just going along with the flow. But they're being motivated and directed by uh, 
spiritual things, um, unholy spiritual things is what I'm meaning to say, by, by the enemy, by the power of the air, as it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. So we have to be careful because we're thinking, oh, okay, I'm just sitting here on the couch, and I'm just going to get a release from the world and and laugh some things off. And again, it depends on your level of, uh, of uh, your spiritual discernment because, again, Mickey Mouse may affect me and something um, like Transformers might have no effect on you, you know. So it depends on your, your level, but I want to encourage you to uh, watch what you watch because while you're sitting there on a the couch, there's a spiritual war being uh, raged on your mind. And, again, that's one of the things that's, like, indirectly, but, again, it's direct because it's, it's a direct assault on your mind and it's affecting everything. And that, that's uh, once that direct or indirect assault comes in, that's how evil spirits are able to come in and give you these salt and control, control your mind. Um, a lot of the, some of the things you see that happening on the news, like, man, I didn't know this person was like that. Or you hear the neighbors say, man, I, I could never tell. And then, I'm not trying to blame everything on television because that that's not the source because there's many things that's going on, but it's kind of like a, a, an ocean wave. Like these spirits are, are like on a certain water, they ride in the wave wherever it takes them to, wherever they land upon the shore. And it's actually the spirits behind that that is influencing the people and the messages that the spirit is sent. So I'm not trying to, like blame everything on the media and television because there are a lot of good things, a lot of wholesome shows out there, um, a lot of good entertainment. But at the same time, there's a a lot a lot of things that are negative and and it, it, that um, is actually a battle and a, a very direct direct battle and a very direct plan by the enemy that's. Uh, coming up against your mind, you know. Um and actually I'm I'm a not finished with the topic. I have many, many more pages left to go. Actually we might have I'm gonna have to turn this in uh to to a two two um plot block talk radio cast lesson. Um Dorothy, are you there? Do you have anything? Yes. It's so funny you mentioned Mickey Mouse because I was just looking at some of the old Mickey Mouse cartoons, <laughs> you know, for the for the grandkids, and I was looking no. at it. You know, as an adult, I said, "Whoa, there's a lot of sexual innuendo in these things." <laughs> yeah. So, so needless to say, I did not make any discs for the kids of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the things about the like the cartoons, like some like sometimes like I, I know like when I seen some cartoons when I was younger, I can't remember like maybe it was Tom and Jerry and all those types of things, and you watching them, and you're like, but then you watch them later, and like, oh, they said all these, they had all these like hidden messages, things that you can see as an adult, like, oh, they saying this and that and this and this cartoon, but when you're a kid, because I guess you're understanding, you're not picking up some of those things. I don't know. But, you 
I mean, I un- and you think about Betty Boop. You you remember Betty Boop? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know, and personally, I have had to just stop watching a lot of TV shows because you know the old saying, "Garbage in, garbage out," and it just you know, as you mature in your walk and you increase, you know, father increases your discernment. These things like slap you in the face when they're off. Yeah. So you go, oh, can't, that's no good. No, not doing that. So it's very simple to do once you have that discernment. But goodness, there's a lot out there. So much out yeah. there that's not not good. And that and the things they program for children. I mean, yeah. have you watched the Cartoon Network lately? It's I haven't seen horrible. it. I believe it, though. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, then that, I know, that, like, one of that the shows new... is, uh... Go ahead. I was just going to bring up that new movie, Show Dogs, that actually has... I'm trying to say it nicely now. Um, pedophile grooming techniques in the movie as part of the plot line. And oh, wow. uh, I haven't watched it, but I, you know, subscribe to a movie guide because I know my grandkids get <clears throat> taken to movies. And, and if I see something yeah. that's off, I'm going to tell, you know, their, their mom. So yeah, that was, that amazed me. I mean, they took it down. Thank God. And they're going to edit that part out. I don't know how they're going to edit it out because it seems to be a part of the plot line. You know, as part of yeah. you know, but I wouldn't go go see it. I refuse to see it at all. Yeah, sometimes you gotta uh, just refuse to see it. And maybe the people who uh, make the movies are like, oh, okay, they don't want to pay <laughs> the money for this, so we try to make something more to their liking. You know, um, but it it is it's just amazing that the the, the movies the different types of influence they can have on you. Actually, it was a movie. I can't think of what it is now, but I remember me and my brothers and sisters, this was some years ago. I can't remember the title. We was watching it, and it was just like a, like a slapstick kind of movie or whatever. It wasn't like nothing really bad in it, but it was just like a little senseless humor. We was cracking up about it. And my father, he had came in. He said, why are y'all watching this movie? Because he tried to watch it with us. And he said, it's just making me uh, more stupider as I watch it. Um, <laughs> just, just because, but we were sitting here laughing, and it's like, but in a sense, like you know, it's, even though it's funny, it uh, it dumbs you down. And the thing is, okay, was there anything when I look back on it? Was there anything bad about that movie? Well, no, not really. But the thing is, what else could you be doing with your time during that moment? You know, so like you said, like as you uh, grow grow spiritually, you can be like, oh, okay. There, there, there are things. Um, there are other things I could be doing. Like, there was this uh, game about three, three years ago. It was very popular. The people had on their phone called. You may have heard it before. Called uh, Pokemon Go, and people was going oh, around yeah. with their phones, and they was capturing these little Pokemons. But the person we looked did some research on it. The person who uh, made the Pokemon, he had been raised in a Christian home, but he said he re- rebelled against his parents and. He wanted to do everything against Christianity and those little things, even though they look cuddly and cute. He said they're actually Pokemon is like a, a pocket demon or whatever. So anyway, yeah, yep. these uh, 
these kids be going around trying to capture these things on their phone and they would like be placed digital digitally at these different places. And that's the way that uh evil spirits can enter in and um I was actually talking to a kid talking to a kid about it one time and ex- explaining it to them and um we we was talking to him about it and he was one of the kids who uh actually there are some kids you can tell explain to things that they don't understand the spiritual things because it's just maturity level they haven't reached that level so they won't understand what you, what you're saying anyway but he was actually under, understood it and he said you mean i can't play this game anymore and i was like well i don't want to tell you that you can't play this anymore because this is america this is a free country but I was like, well, it's, but I believe it's better games that you can play or better choices you can do with your time, play with that, even though knowing that the uh, the background of the game and and the found the 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 person who actually created the Pokemon and what he he said about it, um, but those is a serious matter because uh, those even though they look cute and Kelly, but those are ways that evil spirits can come in and, and start influencing and cause an oppression in your lives, they will use anything they can to do that. And again, it's a, again, on somebody's, I believe spiritual level, but then at the same time, it's like, there are better things that you can be doing and then doing some of the things that we are doing. I know. And these, these spiritual entities or spiritual people, whatever you want to call them are so sneaky. It's not like they come right out and say, oh, I want to just depress you and blah, blah, blah. No, they come in on your wounds. They come in on your, you know, with games and yeah. kids that have not the understanding. It's, it makes me mad, yeah. actually. I want to and just it could be like, from, like with somebody, yeah, somebody reject you. It can come from that. It can become coming from fear or depression. Like if you're depressed, um different things and they come they come in and they it's like a uh like the lighted the, the bugs who are attracted to the light <laughs> that's when yep. they, when they see when when you have those things happening in your life and it brings more of them to you and they like they try to make you more depressed or more fearful or more angry and um yeah I think that's one of the reasons we're not supposed to allow the sun to go down on our anger. Yeah. We've got to deal with yeah. our anger as it comes up because otherwise we're letting ourselves in for a mass. It's a, yeah. a spiritual mass. So. Yeah, that that is so true. So a lot of people think that the things that Father says as rules or suggestions, however you want to think about it, are are hard, but they're not. They're for our own good in many, many cases and in all cases, I believe it's just our lack of understanding where we take a little umbrage at, what do you mean I can't do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I know I covered a lot of scriptures at the beginning of the day. If y'all want, if y'all want to um, listen to it again, it'll be available on several different outlets. Um, I thank everyone for uh, tuning in. I thank you, Dorothy, for having me on here. And again, if y'all if y'all want the book, y'all interested in the book, you can go to my website, uh, jameer.org. It's a free book. 
no cost to you whatsoever. You can, uh, if you don't even like to read it, you can read a little bit every now and then, and you can give it to a friend. Um, but I, I guess I'll close in prayer. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about this? No, uh, I just I did want to say there is a way for you to give away an electronic copy freely if you use like okay. a Dropbox or a media fire or something like that. I can I'll send you an email on the different okay, yeah, not to anything that will cost money. Yeah. I'll do that, and then people can say, "Hey, where is this?" You can try okay, and tell yeah, them. Okay, yeah, Okay, great. We'll do that too. Then we'll do that. Um, all right. Well, I'll close in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you, Father, for your understanding of the, of the spiritual war that we're in. Father, give us the strength and understanding to make uh decisions, Father Lord, about what we watch, Father Lord, and what we entertain and allow our eyes to see. And also those connected with us, Father. Give us strength to overcome the enemy who is trying to oppress us, trying to come into our lives to steal, kill and destroy our health, our finances, our relationship, um our careers, um, our homes, or whatever it may be, Father. Protect us, Father Lord. I place a hedge of protection around everyone who's listening. Father, I plead plead the blood of Jesus over them. Protect them from hurt, harm, and danger. Um, Protect them, Father Lord. And um, we thank you for your blessings. And we just give you the glory, honor, praise. And uh, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I I thank everyone for listening again. And I will... will, uh, We'll do another part of uh, this spiritual warfare next week. Okay. Father, bless everyone. You have a blessed week. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next week for more information on spiritual warfare. All right. Thank God you, Junior. Okay. Good night. Good night.